0: to Dhamma on the Sidewalk, insights, interviews and practical tips on the teachings of the Buddha for people of all walks of life, attuning, exploring, integrating the teachings in everyday life. Simple Dhamma for daily life, I'm Asoka, hosting Dhamma Capsule for people like you. Hello and welcome, this is episode number one. I'm based at Amaravati Buddhist Monastery, north of London, in England, and I'll be interviewing Chloe, who is a young woman who has decided to take on the path and the journey of Dhamma and ordain as a Buddhist nun in the Thai forest tradition. So I'll be welcoming Chloe. Hello. Hi. how are you? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. Okay, so to, you are aware that this is at my first and you're my first guest. Yes, and it's as an a honor. a podcast host, so thank you so much. So we are sitting here outside in the garden, Amaravati Buddhist Monastery. Yes, we are. And the idea I had by um, asking Chloe a few questions is about her life experience and how... I would say the progression towards deciding to leaving everything behind and coming into living into a Buddhist uh, community and deciding to follow the path and ordain. So if you could explain that to us, in oh details goodness. and break it down to some major milestone that make you made you take this decision that would be really nice
1: okay so i guess um as for a lot of people now it all started in 2020 <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, year. yeah so when when everything hit um i.e covid and then uh, the george floyd incident in america and the black lives matter thing that I was already at the bottom of a dark night of the soul. Um, and those two things were just the grain of sand that broke the camel's back and sent me to the very, very rock bottom. Mm. Um, and essentially, I just gave up. I'd been trying all my life to sort my life out to, you know, I'd always been suffering, um, trying all these different things, psychoanalysis, hypnotherapy, medication, this, that personal trainer. You know, I tried everything I could think of to try and make my life better. You know, maybe, maybe it'll be a boyfriend who will help me sort my life out, da, 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 you know, just everything I could think of and nothing was working. And I gave up, I gave up. I, gave up, I was like, I I threw my arms up to the universe, and I I just I don't know what to do anymore. What did you say? Did you did you? I was on my kitchen floor in tears, um, in a flat that was an absolute mess, not having washed for several days, and just bawling my eyes out. Going, I give up. I don't know what to do. And and so this is
0: just after COVID, or during COVID this During COVID, I can tell you it was a difficult period for many people. Yeah,
1: the thirteenth of May, twenty twenty. The 13th
0: of May 2020, you had like a breakthrough and yeah. said, this has to change.
1: It, no, I, I mean, I had always thought it had to change and I'd always been okay. trying to change things. The difference is I surrendered. Surrendered to... I stopped trying to push. I stopped trying to force. I stopped trying to find a solution. And I surrendered myself to, I guess, what you could call divine will. And, you know, it was just like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. And I begged, please, I don't know what to do anymore. And then as if by magic, a friend messaged me seeing that I'd posted something on Twitter about, you know, I've, I'm, I'm done and uh, messaged me saying, I bought you a book from your, from your wish list a few months ago and you've never read it. Pick it up now. And it was a book called. Complex PTSD from Surviving to Thriving by Pete Walker. And that book, now I look back on it and I see he's teaching you metta in that book. But I, you know, it was essentially the first ever psychology book I'd read where, where it said, You are deserving of love. Can you say something about metta for those who don't know what the word yes. metta means? So metta is loving kindness. In Pali. Exactly. And it's one of the four Brahma Viharas, which are the four sort of qualities with which you should fill your life. And the thing about Metta is it's not just loving kindness towards others, it's loving kindness towards yourself. And that's where everything changed because I hated myself and I thought I wasn't worthy of love. Mm. And this book, which was written with Metta, told me for the first time, you are worthy. You are worthy of your own love and you are worthy of your own compassion and your own forgiveness for everything you've done wrong because you were trying the best you could with the tools you had at the time. And that just shifted something deep, deep within me. And then it also gave me tools for healing myself. And these tools work. And now that I finally found something that worked, I just spent the next few years just applying these tools consistently over and over and over. Every time I found anything in my life where there was a struggle, I would just, Apply these tools, heal the wound that caused the struggle, and I just kept on going deeper and deeper and deeper and the healing my trauma journey turned very quickly into the spiritual journey that i hadn't asked for <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: the other side of the coin, something like that yeah it's just oh, suddenly. the light after the
1: darkness well the more the, the more the I, growing edge I guess the more I let go because mm. at the end of the day healing trauma is about letting go of mm. pains that you 've been holding on very tight, Correct. and the more I let go. the more space there was for the light, mm-hmm. and the light started coming in and very strong. and I started having very strange mystical experiences that were very difficult to explain. Can
0: you give us one example?
1: A um, simple see. example. Simple uh, example of a myst- significant. Um, I mean, I started having things like astral travel. Um, past life memories coming up, uh, meeting ancestors in the mirror, uh, really, you know, quite out there shamanic experiences, um, without any community around me, without any teachers, without any mentors. And I just, you know, had, I just had a few books of which the Pete Walker one, um, and then a couple of others. And that was all I had that just told me, okay, you know, just, you can trust your journey. And so mm-hmm. I just went forward into the complete unknown, just trusting my journey. And then bit by bit, the deeper I went, the more I started seeing how everyone else was very wounded. And then I started seeing how I couldn't help other people. And actually, the only way I could help other people was to help myself and that I needed to put my journey first. And that was the greatest gift I could give the world. And, how and that's did how I ended up here. That's,
0: that's, that, that's really nice to hear. Because I'm sure... Many people have these sort of experiences or insights, but they're not necessarily follow through. But Mm. you actually did follow through. So you didn't have a choice. You didn't have a choice. Okay. What made you
1: think that? Um, so the first calling to become a monastic came two years ago. Again, I can give you the exact date. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Also post-Covid, basically. Yeah, it was um, just post-Covid. Uh, it was on the uh, 8th of August, 2021. So um, I really, you know, was very much focusing on what's, you know, what's serving me and what's not serving me anymore in my life. And I had this strike like this sort of lightning bolt realization that looking around my flat, that absolutely nothing in my life as it was served me. And then it was just this 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 vision of this monk in saffron robes that was just in my mind. And I knew nothing about Buddhism. I didn't know what it means to be a monastic, what the monastic life is about, why people do it it is just this thing that there are some people who are you just heard about the buddha that there is a buddha yeah. there has been a buddha sometime. pretty much okay. um but you know but this 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 buddhist monk showed up and it was it was like wow well, okay this is the thing because um funny enough um when back in 2013 when i uh, started experimenting with psychedelics uh, my very first lsd trip um i saw many like a group of buddhist monks on a mountaintop with beams of light coming out of their heads like just channeling energy as they were chanting and i thought wow that that must be an amazing way to live wow and then you know that was that it was just a thing that happened back in 2013 and it was just a memory of like A peak experience during a psychedelic trip, and never really thought about it again. But then this image came back, and I was like, "Okay, this is a thing." But also, it was like, "This is what you're supposed to be doing," you know. If this is what will serve you, could you
0: could you tell me if at that time you had a job, Um, you were working, you were earning your money, or yeah, I had I had
1: had a sort of passive income at the time Mm -hmm. uh, from internet work. so you were
0: sustaining yourself and yeah. right, while all of this turmoil and all this transformation and yeah uh, i had money coming in have...
1: to pay rent okay good good, good and good, good. to feed myself but good, just good, enough just good, enough good good good, good. Uh, and then what happened after and then i um resisted this calling and i was still too attached to many things you know i i wanted to do certain things and fall in love and have a relationship and maybe adopt a kid later on, you know, I was like, yeah, I'm healing myself. Maybe I can pass on the love by adopting a child from Earth. you know, from, you know, from an abusive background and giving them all the love that they deserve and this and that and, and you know, write a book and, uh, and Would it be okay to ask you how old you are? Yeah, I'm 39. Um, so I, you know, I had all these things that I wanted to do, but um then you know, my my healing journey kept on coming first. And it was it was something that was beyond me. It was like it was happening to me rather than me instigating it. It was just like I was I was on this on this slide that was going down at full speed and I couldn't stop it. So um you so know What so- were the next steps? So I just kept on, um, kept on working on myself because everything in my body was telling me this is what you're meant to be doing. And it just felt like this priority before everything else. So So did you, did you, these were like some
0: sort of psychic and vision.
1: Yeah. And also this weird thing that happened with my voice, that my voice uh started opening up and I started just doing all this sort of sounding, like toning Uh all day, every day. And my body was just like, this is what you should be doing. It comes before sleeping. It comes before eating. It comes before it comes before socializing, before everything else. Mm -hmm. This is your priority. And I kept telling myself, I'm just going to push through this. Because at some point it's going to end and when it ends, I will be so healed and I will be able to engage with life fully. But the deeper I went and the further it went, the more all the things that I've been holding on to in the outside world started I started letting go of them. The deeper I went inside myself... So, so peeling the
0: onion, peeling the onion, all the layers. Exactly,
1: realizing why. Why am I holding on to that? Why am I holding on to this? Why am I holding on to this? And then, when the calling came again on Christmas Day last year, 2022, to become a monastic, I was at a point where I had let go of so much, Mm -hmm. there was no point in resisting it, because it was very clear this is what you're meant to be doing. Mm -hmm. I still didn't know what it meant. I still did not want to do it. But it was clear, this is what you're meant to be doing. And you've already set without even realizing you were doing this, you have already set up your life so that this is the next step. You've got Mm -hmm. nothing left. Mm -hmm. So the message came quite clear. Yeah.
0: Did you... What, what, what happened next? I'm just feeling like asking you what happened next because it's unfolding. And, but at the same (laughs) time, I'm saying, I think I remember you saying, uh, you didn't know anything when you said, I didn't know anything about Buddhism. You just heard about, yeah, there is a Buddhism somehow. There's a practice. Um, you had not done any meditation, any sort of chanting. And so, did you, could, could you give us? the the next few little steps that you yeah, took yeah
1: i uh, <laughs> <laughs> big, i big steps maybe um, <laughs> i mean one. i the next day boxing day i went to my neighbor cried my eyes out in her kitchen oh, i have and she helped me um saying well I'll, I'll drive you i'll drive you to a monastery tomorrow and so um I googled monastery London Chithurst came up, which is the sister monastery of this place.
0: Could you give us a little um, explanation <coughs> of what Chithurst
1: is, what this, what we are, and what tradition we are? Uh, so these are both Thai forest tradition monasteries um, in Theravada Buddhism. Um, so um, Chithurst and Amaravati are both monasteries. Um, of the Ajahn Chah lineage of Thai Forest Monastery Theravada Buddhism. Whew, it's quite a mouthful. And when I was researching, I had no idea what any of that meant. And just for our listener, you know, um, in
0: in uh, Theravada, we know that there were, there are actually two main schools, I would say. One is a city monastery and the other mm. one is uh, forest monasteries. The forest monastery uh, characterized themselves by being usually removed from villages, settled and nestled in forest with monks really living on, on seclusion. The city monasteries can be downtown, the city, like we yeah. would have them, for instance, in downtown Bangkok. So Amaravati is more in a suburban area and Chithurst is uh, what pa chithers, what yes. pa chitta viveka, what pa means, forest. it's a forest monastery, so mm-hmm. it's a different, different settings bring up also different, um, different uh, surroundings, bring up different experiences.
1: Yeah, but you know, overall, right, what the big, dif- beyond beyond the setting, the difference between forest monasteries and city monasteries, from what I understand, is that the city monasteries are much more focused on scholarly pursuits. Mm-hmm. And the forest monastery tradition is about like we live it And practice. We practice and that's where it. We're going we, to go now. It's just simple. Yeah. It's just you are living the life in order to in order to move forwards. So next steps. So, next step, my um, my neighbor brought me to Amaravati mm-hmm. because when I called Chithurst, they said, oh, go to, go to Amaravati. They've got so, you actually
0: one. just picked up the phone, yep. called Chithurst yep. and
1: say, I want to become a nun. Yep. And, and they, they said, go to Amaravati, they said, pay you then a visit. Okay. So, you did that. And so, I did that the very next day. Uh-huh. And I turned up here crying <laughs> because I still didn't want this to be the answer. So, when was that? December That was 2022? 27th of december 2022 last year um and yeah and um people were very welcoming. with your bicycle no 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 my 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 neighbor drove me okay so people were very welcoming and there was food and it was delicious and i was like oh it might not be that bad actually (laughs) and um yeah people said right come back um come back in april because we're about to go on winter retreats. we're about to shut down the monastery somewhat so this is not the time to be visiting. So come back in April. And so I spent three months trying to earn a living enough to survive while I waited. Got sucked back into the world, um, made new attachments. And then um, those attachments all showed very quickly um, that they were attachments and showed that actually they just brought suffering and it was like a sort of like everything just sped up you know all these all these processes i'd be going through it started off very slow and then it got faster and faster and faster and then it was like right okay so now you're creating an attachment six weeks later you're realizing this is absolutely awful and it brings your only suffering and there we are. This was your very last try at being a member of normal society. Look, it's all suffering. This is not what you want. This is not the answer. Um and so And so here we are. And so here we are. It's so like uh since April
0: now we are in uh like about six months later. Yeah. You have requested Yeah, I just got requested approved my request. Your request just got approved for... Uh, For becoming an Anagarica. And that would be... But you don't have a date yet.
1: Oh, no, no. So uh, request approved means that next step is going on trial for three months. Going on (laughs)
0: trial for three months. And after... So most likely you'll be on trial during the winter retreat. And then... And if all go... All being well, you'll be taking the precepts... In the spring. In the spring. And would you be able... To just give us a few words on what this last six months bro six seven months brought to you in terms of between coming in here, deciding to come, entering mm-hmm. settling in and and then having this approval, which is major it's significant it means so we'll be testing your resolution as a matter of fact. What happened? What, what, what's going on? What's going on with
1: Chloe at the moment? I mean, I, 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 it's funny, I don't see it that way at all. Like, um, I think the big part for me was getting here. You know, it was... Um, I now was, it's flowing. I said to my friends, you know, I'm committing suicide. I am committing suicide. I am shutting down my life. I am tying off every loose end in order to go to the monastery. Chloe is dying. Let another Chloe exactly birth, give birth to another Chloe, and Beautiful. you know, and this was this was something that I had to do for myself. Um, I had to let go of who I was in order to move forwards, in order to rebirth myself. You know, as I say, you know, I was I was born of the womb of a woman who didn't want me, and you know, this is the last three years has been sort of gestating myself, and you know, I threw... The, the reparenting, which is the technique that I use for healing myself, I replaced my mother and my father in every one of my memories of childhood and became the divine mother and the divine father. And once I was fully the divine mother and the divine father, I rebirthed myself from a womb of love. And, you know, but in order to rebirth, you have to die. You can't have birth without death and you can't have death without birth. So, you know, once once it was decided, okay, this is what I'm doing, it was just like, again, this rush, every cell in my body saying, you have to get there, you have to get there, you have to get there, you have to get there. So it was just, it just couldn't come fast enough. And then once I arrived here, it was like, oh, I can finally breathe.
0: Hmm. And
1: then it was, um, you know, I'd say a month and a half of adjusting myself to the rhythm because i went from spending 3 years living like a hermit in my london flat with no no interaction or anything to you know suddenly being in a very big very active community and it was a bit overwhelming and difficult to find time for myself
0: yeah i'd like you yeah i was going to to take you to to give us some 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 insights on the perks of living in such a community buddhist community mm. and compared to you know what, what I mean, what, uh, what it is meaning in a community that is not a Buddhist community yeah. or a community that you might know and that I mean, you have experienced
1: before. This is, you know, this is what this place is, what I was dreaming of. So, you know, when, as I said, my my spiritual journey was my priority in life. When I started realizing what this place was, when I started coming for short stays, um, you know, I realized that it was what I'd been praying for, essentially. Um, You know, my friends would get very concerned for me as I was just living like a hermit in London in my flat and not going out, not doing anything, just doing this sort of this sound healing on myself all day, every day. And they were like, isn't there somewhere you can go? Isn't there someone who can help you? And I said, no, you know, I I I would love for there to be a place that I could go to. And I'd say, hi, guys, look at me. I'm doing this deep inner work, you know. And they'd be, and they'd be like, "Wow, we're going to feed you. We're going to put a roof over your head. We're going to provide you with everything you need, so that you can be comfortable and supported in doing this very important work." But that place doesn't exist. I would say that place does not exist. That is a fantasy. And I came here, and I realized, oh my god, that place does exist. This is a real thing. There, are, there are places that are supported by hundreds of people who believe in this who believe in people who are going inwards who are doing the deep work and who are willing cook for them and support them in all sorts of ways and there are communities of like-minded people because again I had no community around like me mm. so I felt like I was the only person in the world doing this work for three years I was so alone and that in Pali is called
0: sangha. So you yeah. become a member of a sangha, a lay sangha first, and then if you become a monastic, you become part of a monastic sangha. From what we know, both of us, is that being in a sangha gives you a, a quite powerful, subtle or explicit peer support. Mm-hmm. That whether you ask for it or whether you don't ask for it, it's there somehow yeah. to reach out. That's quite important. Yeah. And you know, and more than anything, it's just this
1: abundance. It's, mm. you know, it's abundance of just physical abundance as well, right? There's this food. There's, you know, I've got, I've got, I mean, it's all silly, but you know, hot water, bed linen. I've got a roof over my head. I've got, you know, this beautiful countryside. All of it just, just there for me to support me in going deeper and deeper and deeper. You know, because I made myself a pledge that I would keep on going until there was no pain left. And I'm keeping that promise to myself. So, you, in other words, by do, for doing this, now you
0: sit into puja. So, you sit meditation morning and evening. Um, I mean, sit, I just... you you learning about Buddhism you've been reading
1: you have not reading that much um, because tell us something you uh, ask questions yeah I mean I you know I've I've watched some talks and I've read some books and I've realized that the stuff that you know is in these talks and books is stuff that I've already realized I just need to keep on doing the work
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's not about learning for me it's Mm -hmm, just about mm -hmm. doing the practice Mm -hmm. it's about Mm -hmm. letting go further and further and further so I, you know, I just go, I sit with myself. I just spend time alone. I sit with myself and I just find all the tangles within myself. I'm just untangling myself. Imagine that, you know, I'm like this, you know, so coming back to the concept of karma, right? Mm. I'm this karmic dreadlock mm, mm, <laughs> and I'm just mm. untangling the dreadlock. The dreadlock is a nice metaphor. I'm, yeah. just un- I'm with a knit comb, just untangling this big fat dreadlock that I am. And then re weaving it into something beautiful. And once I finished weaving it all and untangling it all, I can snip off all the ends and I'll be able to let go of that whole thing which is the consciousness that the the, the, the illusion of separate consciousness as Chloe and as all the other lives before Chloe mm-hmm. and come back to source. And can you tell us a bit how you're doing that? Because
0: what does, how do you practice this entire you, know you
1: How do you do that? I am literally still now, even though it's gone into past lives, into ancestral stuff, into all these crazy places, I'm still doing what Pete Walker taught me. Every single time that there's rejection of anything inside myself, actually anything outside, anytime I, see something or someone outside myself that i react negatively to i realize that that's only a mirror reflecting the fact there's something inside myself that i'm reacting negatively to so i find that thing inside myself that i'm reacting negatively to find the story that i'm telling myself about myself and i change that story and replace it with a story that's based around love and i hold that part of myself and I love it and with all its warts and lumps and everything and then so you change your storytelling in your head yeah and then when I've when I've done that I can let go of the views that I have of the outside world as well because that story that created what I was seeing outside is no longer true and bit by bit my life is becoming a smooth, calm stream that I'm floating along. And it's so peaceful and so free from suffering.
0: And to, to wrap it up a bit, could you tell us a bit about the fact that it's a community living but it's a buddhist community living what what comes up out of it what what did what did you for you it was new Mm -hmm. you knew you had these visions of monks and you had visions in 10 years ago about lots of monks now you had the vision about one monk you didn't (laughs) know anything and then one day you pick up the phone and call a monastery i want to become a nun and now you are here you're living, you've been living in the community. It's going to be almost a year, somehow, more or less, let's say nine months, a year by the time you will probably be ordaining. What, what comes across that you think it makes the Buddhist community living different from other community living?
1: Firstly, is the fact that people care so much. I've never in my life in a group of people where people are watching out for me. They are here. People come up to me checking on me so often just making sure you know are you overworking yourself are you are you this are you that you know are you okay do you need anything just there's little little gifts appear outside my door (laughs) um you know there's there's the opportunity to be of service in a non-commodified way very well said which makes a huge difference because every act here is an act of love More importantly than all of that, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people whose aim it is to reach enlightenment, to get to that goal, which I truly believe is achievable in this lifetime.
0: Beautiful. We wish you best on this. And who knows, we might be back soon, sometime, (laughs) once you're ordained. (laughs) Anything else you want to
1: add? A message, a message to all the all the listeners. Yeah. Just to remember everything on the outside world is an illusion. It's just a mirror pointing you back inside yourself. Don't try to change the outside world. See the problem, see what it points you back to. Change what the wound is inside yourself and the outside world will fall into line. So
0: be the change you want to see in the world. Bingo. Something like that. Okay, thank you Chloe and see you soon.
1: Bye. Bye.